For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions. We're here on the Believe Podcasting Network, Detroit's number one sports podcasting network you know what it is this is the show where we believe in the detroit lions and by the end of this episode so will you this is normally where i introduce my co-host the the man the myth the legend benny blades but as life happens um benny blades always helping out the youth of the community working hard you know throughout his different jobs and schools and things he's helping with so he ran into a conflict uh, right before we started recording um definitely more important than jumping on the podcast so while he handles that i said benny don't worry i got this i'll do a solo show entertain the people talk some lions and we'll get back to it next week so everybody out there listening please hang in there and listen i want to talk about this packer game that went down i also want to get into chris spielman Uh, coming on with the Detroit Lions. I've got thoughts and takes on that. And then I want to give you kind of a broad brush of of some some main points, some core values, some things I I think the Detroit Lions need to put on the table and kind of make the core of their franchise moving forward, their organization. We'll talk about that. But before we get into all that, we got to talk about betonline.ag. You know what it is. That's your place to go for all your different, um, you know, you know, Benny Blades has been known to lose a few potato chips there at betonline.ag, but you can put on prop bets. You can uh, definitely, you know, put put it behind the Detroit Lions. You know, something we encourage you to do here. Um, maybe not against Tennessee this week. We'll also get into that. But uh, everybody, take a quick listen to our sponsors, then I'll be back talking all things Lions right after the break. We'll be right back. The wait is finally over. Football is back. I mean, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Now, if you want to go big this year, put your money on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, you heard it here first, right on Believe in Lions. That's the way to go in 2020. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we're back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsor, betonline.ag. They really uh, help out the show. You guys go visit that site, check it out, do what you do, and uh, please hit that subscribe button, share this with a friend. It really helps out the show. Now, let, let's talk about this Packer game. I, I mean, to me, the, this was 
you know, it was a loss, and you can boil it down, just say win or a loss, it doesn't matter. But but I felt like the Lions played well in this game. You know, they kind of hang, hang hung in the game throughout. You know, a much more fun football to watch than what we kept getting week after week with Matt Patricia. You know, just really poor effort, poor defense, just that look on his face. I couldn't stand it anymore, but... Daryl Bevel, I mean, before I got on here recording, like, if you if you want to go to YouTube, go check out this mic'd up with Daryl Bevel and Marvin Jones. I mean, it got me real fired up. Daryl Bevel's got a lot of juice to him. He's really positive. He has this team playing. Got me real excited. So, if you're a Lions fan or you love some of that NFL mic'd up stuff, go check that out on YouTube. It's tremendous, but I, I feel like the team played better, you know, uh, early on in the game. Lions go right down the field. They've been getting off to amazing starts this season. You know, bing, bam, boom, right down the field. Next thing you know, they're in tight. They run a really nice little misdirection flip play to TJ Hawkinson, and uh, he pounds it in the end zone. So Lions get up early. What happens just like three, four plays later? You know, a little flip out there to Devontae Adams by that smug Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. And this this was one of those plays that drives me nuts. Because not only, you know, Devontae makes a nice catch, he adjusts to the football. But A.O., my guy on the outside, doesn't get after the football. And then he just, he just runs along the sideline while Devontae cuts it up the field and runs away from Deron Harmon and whoever else missed a tackle on this play. For a 56-yard touchdown. I mean, it's one thing to get burnt, but it's another thing to not go across the field and try to get this man on the ground. You never know what could happen. You get him down inside the 10, you might hold him to a field goal, but you just let him score. You know, Deron Harmon, again, the wily vet, again, coming down, missing a tackle. You know, who knows where the rest of our safeties, corners. Nobody gave this guy any issue. He just waltzed in the end zone. So 7-7 after the first quarter. You know, after that, you know, 14-yard touchdown to Aaron Rodgers to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, 14-7. I mean, Lions fans are thinking, here we go. It's just going to be a pass fest on our defense all day long. But sure enough, right before the half, Lions come down another, uh, you know, 11-play, 80-yard drive over four or five minutes off the clock. And DeAndre Swift, welcome back to the football team. DeAndre Swift uh, pounds it in, really showed some nice power, as well as that that contact balance that he has. DeAndre Swift scores 14-14 going into the half. I know this was quite a bit better than most Lions fans thought in regards to where this team would be in this ball game. Um, you know, it, you got people rooting for the draft pick. You got people hoping the Lions win every game. Uh, here at halftime, all knotted up, you know, feeling pretty good about how this game is going, despite the frustrations of, you know, lackluster defense at times. And, you know, offense seemed to seem to be pretty good. You know, just uh, this game was weird. You know, lots of long drives. I'm, I'm looking at it here. You know, five minutes for the Lions and a seven-minute drive for Green Bay, another four or five-minute drive for the Lions. So, you know, not many possessions there in that first half. And that would continue because in the third quarter, the Packers go on a 14-play, nine-minute drive, 75 yards it took to uh, Aaron Rodgers to prance. Yeah, you heard me. Prance into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean... 
you know, right, right here, 21-14, the Lions, you know, give up another thing right after the half. Again, it's the opposite of last year where they got off to slow starts and then they um, finished. Now they get off to hot starts and they just, you know, fall apart here in the second part of the game. But only up a touchdown. Um, you know, Lions couldn't get anything done. Next thing you know, the Packers are throwing a four-yard touchdown to someone named Robert Tunyon. Yeah, no one's ever heard of this guy until this year. And I think I saw he's the fourth-rated tight end in football. Ball. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, he, he ends up scoring. So now it's 28-14. You're down two touchdowns. You're thinking, oh, this game's getting away from us. You know, it's going to get ugly, whatever it may be. Nope. You know, Carrion Johnson ends up punching one in. Yeah, imagine that. Carrion Johnson with a two-yard touchdown. I mean, this guy never sees the football. He's a glorified offensive lineman these days. We took him in the high second round. Um, I always loved Carrion's talent, and now I question his want to because every interview you hear, the guy seems like he doesn't care. He doesn't have that toughness. He just does the bare minimum out there that he's asked, and it's very frustrating for a high of a draft pick. But he did find the end zone, showed some power. That was nice. 28-21 at this point. You know, Green Bay comes down. We're able to hold him to a field goal. And the Lions have a chance in this game. You know, they're, they're coming back down the field. They throw a ball up to Marvin Jones. Just an incredible you know, throw and catch from Stafford to Jones. He he catches this like over his shoulder going out of bounds, drags the feet. You know, what happens? Of course, the refs call it incomplete. Then they show the replay and it's pretty dang clear to everybody on the football field. You also see on this mic'd up where, you know, all the players after the game saying, oh, you caught that. Even Aaron Rodgers' smug self admitted that he caught it. You got Devontae Adams saying, what a toe drag swag that was, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, you know, they call it incomplete. What does the NFL do? They go under the hood. They have no clue what they're looking at. They're too spineless to actually make a call or reverse or admit they're wrong. So they just say it stands. I mean, everything stands with the NFL replay system. You might as well just throw it out if you're not going to use it properly or you're never going to have a chance to actually flip a call. Absolutely ridiculous. This was a catch by Marvin Jones. Sure enough, Lions move down the field, but next thing you know, Matt Stafford gets the happy feet, runs out of the backfield, tries to run up the field, but then gets crumpled and folded up like an accordion. Um, some type of rib injury, goes out of the game, in, a, in and out of the locker room, can't throw the football. Next thing you know, he's out of the game. Chase Daniel has to come in. You know, he makes a play and it's called back due to penalty. The Lions kick a field goal. Then the Lions, one of the best things about the Lions this year, special team executes an incredible onside kick. This thing is just about to cross the 10-yard marker. It's about to, you know, go out of bounds. And bam, Miles Kilbert catches it, gets his, gets his tippy toes in. What does the NFL do? They call some bogus penalty and just give it to Green Bay. I mean, those two calls I just mentioned, plus there was a pass interference early on in the first half that they just said oh you know we'll just let everything go and they basically just boxed our guy out didn't give him a chance to get to the football and then the one the biggest one that bugged me throughout this game is early on in the second half the Lions had the football or the Packers had the football and they basically would have went three and out and I think it's on that you know 12 play seven minute no 14 play eight minutes and 49 second drive in the third quarter. The only reason it was eight minutes and 49 seconds instead of like 45 seconds or a minute 25 is because on third down, we got off the field and then all of a sudden everybody's, you know, just changing over. Announcers are talking about what a great stand it was. Next thing you know, they just give the ball to the Packers and say there was some penalty on the field. I mean, never announced it in a referee, nothing. So, 
I hate to be that guy that cl- you know clamors about the refs, but that's three, four different calls in this ball game against the Lions that everybody, even the Green Bay Packers, were admitting were bogus. This has happened happened last year, Monday Night Football, when I was at the game. It continues to happen, especially against the smug Packers led by Aaron Rodgers, who cries for every call that he ever gets on the football field. So. I don't know. I mean, once once they didn't get the onside kick, this ball game's over. 31-24. To, to Lions fans, it's like, hey, you know, you played pretty tough. You hung close. You know, expected to lose pretty much. The Packers, you know, this, this juggernaut at 10 wins. You win the division. You know, they should be ashamed of themselves just sleepwalking through and barely getting this victory again. But... You know, I, th- I thought, you know, Stafford played tough again. Sorry to see him get the get the injury. You know, it's going to make watching football not very fun if he's not in there the last couple games. Defense was still poor, I thought. Lackluster effort, lackluster, just everything across the board. It just looked bad to me again. I mean, they made some plays that got off the field at times, you know, the Packers are going to score points, you know, because it's Aaron Rodgers. He gets every call and he's going to wing it around the yard and we can't guard the pass or the run this year when it comes to the Detroit Lions defense. You know, Swift came back off his injuries, kind of had a concussion, sickness, whatever it was. I mean, they didn't use him very much. Seven carries, 24 yards. He did find the end zone. They hit him in his couple screen passes. And, you know, marginal plays, you know, by the rest of the Lions team. You know, Marvin Jones, Danny Mandola, TJ Hawkinson, you know, all those guys showed up again, but it wasn't enough. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, the crybaby, and, uh, you know, even their run game between Aaron Jones and company got enough to get this W. So that's what it is. You know, a decent ball game. Team had juice. Still like what Bevel's bringing, but not enough to get the dub. So, you know, that's my quick Packers, you know, rewind uh, type of thing. Now, before I take a break, well, I'm not going to take a break. I already got betonline.ag in here. I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, don't know what to do without Benny Blades here on the show. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I need to play this. <laughs> and normally I play that either to pump Benny up or to shove it in his face, but he's not here today. But Benny, I'm sorry. It's to shove it in your face because I think I caught on the little ticker on the bottom of the TV that the you... <laughs> Lost 62 to 26. Is that right? Did they give up 62? Did did they only score the reverse of that? 26 points? I mean, was that a typo? Oh my goodness! I think they just got the you know the the wood laid to them by the North Carolina Tar Heels. Last time I checked, they're a basketball school. Um, you know, they put out a guy named Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that's embarrassing, Benny. You should be embarrassed by your team. I know you tried to downplay it last week that you were out on the Canes, that that it all, for some reason, you know, it wasn't all about that you. It's all about the you. It's all about the you. That's, that's me putting words in your mouth because we know you're about that. You We know it's all about that Miami for you all day, every day. But, uh, yeah, you had some things going on. Your, your nephew, your cousin, whatever it was, was, uh, you know, suffering from some things. You were just kind of down on where the team was at. But, man, 62 to 26, if I got that right, that's at least the last thing I saw, I think, unless I got it crossed up. But, Benny, yeah, that that's not good. Not good at all. So, um, everybody, that, like I said, that's my rewind. That's my little shot, having a little fun with Mr. Benny Blades here on the show. Let's go Let's go to a couple other things here. So I wanted to talk about kind of some core principles maybe the Lions should, you know, center themselves around. Before I get to that, Chris Spielman, I really wanted to get Benny's thoughts on this. Chris Spielman, 
um, brought on by the Detroit Lions. I'm sure Benny next week and when, when he returns to the show will have a lot to say. Chris Spielman brought in by the Lions. Uh, you know, he doesn't have GM experience. He's not the GM. He doesn't have front office experience. He's not even really a front office executive. They brought him on to be an advisor and a football guy, and that's exactly what he is. He's a football guy at heart. He's passionate. He loves the Detroit Lions, and he's a tough guy, too. So he's trying to come in here, help build a culture, help get things right for this team. And I think he can do that. I think he's going to be a really good voice in the room. I think he's going to be a guy that's not going to accept losing. You know, I think we've had too many people in there that, you know, just went along with the Ford atmosphere that just kind of said, you know, well, you know, we'll get him next year. Oh, you know, the record wasn't so good. But we still made money, that type of thing. Like, that isn't going to sit well with Chris Spielman. Now, is he... He's still going to, you know, do some glad handing and, and be on the Ford side because they're going to be signing those paychecks. You know, like Benny says, he's got to go to the pay window. But I mean, other than that, I think when the, something is wrong or when if losing does pile up or bad football, he'll be a guy that can can try to get it straight or can motivate people and, and be really tough. So I'm really excited about Chris Spielman being in there. I think he's just a great guy. I'm glad to see him with the Lions. He was a great announcer to listen to, but I think he'll be even better in this type of role and see where it takes him, you know. Maybe he will be a GM someday. Maybe once he gets some seasoning, you know, maybe he will be that that nice, you know, football presence. You know, he's not the president. Um, the, you know, he, he's not the GM, not the head coach, none of that. Um, but he can just really be that other voice that is going to be helpful and, and also be smart enough to be out of the way when he needs to be out of the way. You know, he's not going to be in making those top decisions, but just a, a good person to add to the team, especially now when you're trying to pick that head coach, you're trying to pick that GM, and you're trying to make some of these crucial decisions, which will have lasting impact on the team. I mean, you don't make these choices and then flip them a year or two later. Like these are going to be, you know, four or five year decisions coming up and hopefully longer, you know, hopefully we find our, our head coach for a long time and uh, can start stacking some wins together, division titles, playoff wins and, and more, you know, that's, that's where this team needs to go. So with Spielman in there and before they get the GM and the head coach, these, these are some things I would kind of, you know, wrap my head around or, you know, make the core of my team as well as just some superlatives that I think they need to be, you know, putting putting around the Allen Park headquarters and making a core of their value system. So, you know, the first thing is, is, is defense. I feel like Detroit, the Detroit Lions, it's been a long time since we've had a, a top-level defense. I think the city would love a nasty, good defense. You know, everybody now wants to talk about offense in the NFL, but a nasty defense would be really fun for the city and for this hard-nosed, you know, workman-like town, uh, city, state of Michigan, all that. I also think an O-line, you know, I feel like we got Taylor Decker, we got Frank Ragnow, we got Jonah Jackson. If they keep all those guys on the left side, you basically got, you know, 66% of your offensive line uh, covered there, whatever, you know, uh, a good percentage. You know, I think my percentages are off, but hey, you know, not a math. It's just three, three out of five ain't bad, you know what I mean, in regards to the offensive linemen. So if they could get a couple more road graders, a couple people that could just keep the quarterback clean, whether it be Matt Stafford or a new quarterback they bring in, um, I think Detroit also would love just a, a really good offensive line that doesn't say much but goes out every week, does their job. And the thing the Lions are missing, I think, when it comes to the offensive line, is that nasty? Is that ability to push people around? Is that ability when you come to play the Detroit Lions, like, oh, we got to deal with those five guys up front, man. It's going to be a long day. 
you know, I, I feel like they need to get to that point. They're not there yet, but those three guys I mentioned are, are playing good football and just add a little bit more nasty as well as just that toughness in the run game. Be great. Um, run game's the next thing on my list. Uh, you know, the Detroit loves a good run game, too. We haven't had one since Burry left. Um, Benny Blades knows him very well, number 20. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift has shown a lot of things. You could add another piece, maybe a pounder um, to him and really have a good run game because you know like I said it's a passing league it's a quarterback league but you can get a defensive run game and an O-line and a D-line you can win ball games in the NFL there's no doubt about it so those are three aspects of the game I'd like them to somewhat focus on or kind of make core values now when we talk about like words um, you know core type messages I mean, I think the Lions still need to surround, you know, the word family with their team. You know, they need to make the organization, the team, the coaching staff like a family. And that doesn't mean run the old Detroit Lions country club. It doesn't mean be easy on everybody. It it means create accountability where, you know, you have fights with your family. You'll have great moments with your family. But at the end of the day, you care about each other and it, it permeates through the family, the team, whatever it may be. So they need to they need to create that culture from day one with the new regime. No doubt about it. Uh, I think the lines need speed. You know, they need to add speed to the defense, to wide receiver to skill positions everywhere basically like speed kills in the nfl you can't teach it really so you got to go you got to go draft it you got to go find it in free agency they really need to upgrade the speed across the board for this team to be able to compete with some of the better offenses the better teams in the league because you got to be able to run whether it be cornerbacks safeties defensive ends wide receivers tight ends you know, running backs, all that need to be able to be able to move now in the NFL. So you got to increase the speed uh, character, I think, is something they still need to value. I know I'm a guy when I'm looking at the draft because I don't interview these guys. I don't know all the ins and outs about them. You're going more off talent. But when you can sit down with these kids, you have to see what their true character is. And that's still a big component to drafting well. You can't just take the best players if, if they got off the field issues or if they're not going to come in and work and be part of a team. So character is going to be big. Um, the other thing I had on here was hard work, man. Like I say, Benny Blade's all about that. You know, Chris Spielman's all about that. Hard work. Come in here with your hard hat, ready to go, and ready to do some things. So I think if they can show that hard work on and off the field, as well as put up W's, the city of Detroit will love you. If you come in, you don't work hard, you loaf around, and you lose, we got problems. And that's kind of where we're at right now, unfortunately, with this team and with the regime that we just went through. It just did not work. I think the Lions need to innovate. The Lions have always seemed to be behind the eight ball. You know, it's like we start running Tampa 2 when Tampa 2 was out the door, when it was like five years too old. You know, we're bringing in Mike Martz's offense when that had passed itself by years and years ago. Here here we bring in the, the Patriots where now we see the Patriots were on the very, you know, end of their run where, you know, the, their system isn't working anymore or their guys aren't aren't producing, you know, at a, at a high level when it comes to coaches or players that leave that organization. So the Lions need to innovate. And that means just sort of be ahead of the curve when it comes to who they're taking, schemes they're coming up with, coaches they're looking at, um, how they're setting up their building, what they're doing with technology, all these different elements that you just need to be ahead of the curve and you need leadership to help you do that. So be innovative, Lions. Like, 
show us things we haven't seen before. Like, you know, be ahead of the curve, not behind. That's what's going to help you win now and long term, in my opinion. And the last main bullet I just wrote down was, you know, from top to bottom, from, you know, the GM to the head coach to the players to the people in the building to the front office folks, whoever, you have to love football. And that means whatever area you're in, you know, you have to love the game, you have to have a passion for it, and you have to show up knowing that your main goal is to be an asset to the Detroit Lions, whether you're in the ticket booth, whether you're a gunner on special teams, or you're the quarterback. It's got to start with the love of football and the love of, like Chris Bielman said, for that that logo on your shirt, your jersey, your your polo shirt, whatever it may be, like you're playing for that logo and that team, not yourself, not for the money, not for this, but for the love of football and for the Detroit Lions, for the best thing for the organization, as you'll hear, hear many front office people say, and hopefully they can continue the, you know, feeling in the locker room of, you know, we want to win for the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, and the Detroit Lions. And everything else will follow. You do that, you're going to get paid. You're going to be on the billboards. You're going to be, um, you know, one of the top mentioned people on Good Morning Football and the ESPN and all these different networks. But if you don't win and you don't love football and you don't represent your organization well, you can be working at the bowling alley before it's all said and done. So, you know, the, those are the things I think that are, are important when you're talking big pitch. Now, a lot of those things I mentioned, yeah, there's lots of details we could go into. There's lots of different things that we could sit here and say, you know, this, that, and the other. But they need to come up with some big, broad brush things. And I know one thing Chris Spielman says, the whole hashtag one pride for the Lions. That's their slogan. That's their tagline. I mean, the Lions do need to build up some pride with the organization and have people around the league respect them. And see them as contenders, as you know, perennial good team, not a hey, good one year, bad for a decade. You know, losing ten plus games a year is unacceptable. So they gotta they gotta find ways to get pride in themselves, pride in their product on the field, and then get respect and pride and and you know, just that level of I don't even know what it what I'm looking for. It's almost like just a acknowledgement from the rest of the league that hey this is a new Detroit Lions you know we we, we don't care what happened the last you know 50 plus years like we're worried about right now we're setting a new pride a new culture a new respect and we're going to earn it you know we're not going to tell you to give it to us we're not going to come out and and flip flop play good one week play horrible the next week we're going to be consistent we're going to be pride and respect on the field earn it off the field and and also like have players that are just very well renowned in the league like that would really help out the Lions from top to bottom so that's what I got on that front now let's go to I did put together a couple you know GM coach um, OCDC type of combos as well as a couple draft prospects that are on my brain so without the one and only Benny Blades making me laugh or me and him arguing um, I got a little more time here. Let me dive into this a little bit, and then we'll uh, when we get Benny Black, we'll ask him about we'll ask him about Chris Spielman. We'll ask him about uh, where he's at with some of these core values that I threw out because I'm really interested in his opinion.
but uh, the first combo that I had is, is Dobbs. He's a GM. I believe it's Ed Dobbs from, uh, he's with the Colts right now. Um, just really looks like a no-nonsense football guy. He was with the Seattle Seahawks before. I, I really like what this guy brings to the table. I think that he's just the type of guy you'd want at the top of your organization. Also working for the Colts and the Seahawks, two really sound groups in regards to drafting and player development and all that. So I think the time is is coming for him. And uh, if you really connect these dots, I mean, if you could bring in him and a guy like Robert Sala, who has been talked about a lot, we all know he's from Dearborn. We all know he has Michigan ties. He was grew up as a Lions fan. That's all fine and well, but he's been a pretty good defensive coordinator. He also, I believe, had some time with Dobbs out in Seattle before he, uh, you know, moved on to San Francisco. And my thing with Robert Salah is there's just a couple things I really like about him. I love his energy. Like, I feel like we had that no energy on Sundays from Matt Patricia. We already see what energy is helping do for the football team under Daryl Bevel. You need a guy that, you know, brings some juice. You don't have to be hopping around all over the sideline. But if you, if you get all excited after a big stop or a big play, that's not the end of the world. When you're the head coach, the coordinator, whoever it may be. So I like to see some of that. I also think he's had good defenses when he's had players out in San Francisco. So he's proven himself in that level. He seems to be, you know, the interviews I've heard of him, very well-spoken, very kind of thoughtful, you know, type of guy that you could also put at the top of your organization from head coach um, as long as he could get a good staff and all that, um, that I think could grow. He's only 41 years old, so he could grow into a really nice coach, be here for five, ten years or more. And uh, grow that culture, you know, grow in his his role as a head coach, put some great people around him. I, I really think he could do that. He's also the type of guy I think would just be great in the press conference. He'd fill out the three-piece suit. He'd look like a million bucks, and he'd be somebody they could be proud of wearing that Lions polo, that headset, and uh, running our organization. So, you know, I think he checks a lot of the boxes. The box he doesn't check is this big track record of winning or Super Bowls or, you know, high-level I've done it before type of thing, but, you know, still would probably rather go with that than just, uh, you know, somebody that's either on the back end, like I talked about with innovating, innovating would be getting a guy like Sala that, you know, has a lot of upside, needs his chance and, and gets ahead of the curve rather than getting somebody that won years ago, but maybe isn't set up to win right now based on their age or, you know, what they would bring to the table. And then the third person I think you could kind of add to that mix, um, depending on if he would go for this or not, is Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel was in Seattle. Daryl Bevel knows Sala. Um, I'm sure he has or, or would grow and, and be cool, too, with Dobbs. Uh, again, offensive coordinator doesn't have a ton to go with the GM most times, but I think that triumvirate could work well and you also got Bev having this crazy good you know rapport with Matt Stafford if they decide to stay with him my thing with Daryl Bevel is that I don't know that he'd want to go from coordinator to head coach interim head coach to you know back down to OC especially under another guy that would then be running the ship that he ran for a little bit I don't know that he'd be willing to do that Daryl Bevel does seem like a really smart basic good guy who wouldn't have a tremendous ego, but I think he has a big enough pride factor that maybe he'd want to just either go somewhere else and be a coordinator or try to, to climb the ladder somewhere else to get where he wants to go. But the other thing I guess that worries me is when I say good rapport with Matt Stafford, I feel like Matt Stafford's had a lot of buddies at coordinator, you know, guys he gets along with, guys that he likes to talk to, whatever. But 
you know, sometimes that doesn't get winning. That just that's just that teacher you like that you didn't really learn much from at school, but they were cool. You know, they were fun. You liked them as a person, but you know, sometimes the teachers that taught you a lot or that you learned a lot of great lessons from were those really hard teachers that didn't let you get away with certain things, didn't let you cut corners, didn't um, accept mediocrity. You know, your your paper had to be good to get a good grade. You had to uh, give them excellence to to get excellence back and. You know, I don't know where they're at with Bevel and Stafford. Are they buddies and are they just good guys that are, you know, get along okay? Or are they really going to get the best out of those two moving forward? I don't know. But I, I do like Daryl Bevel as a coach, as a person, all that. So we'll see if they keep him on as well as what's the height because he was good last year with Stafford. This year really wasn't that good. Now it's kind of, eh middle of the road you know now that he's the head coach it's it's nothing extraordinary I don't think but you know there has been some nice flashes as well as you know a couple more playmakers and maybe they could put it together I don't know so that's my first three guys my second three guys are Ozzie Newsom if they could somehow lure him away from the Ravens just say just just come be our, our our GM our our top level executive for two to three years help get us going get it get the groundwork laid um, maybe they could also bring in Lewis Riddick. You know, everybody's talking about him. He's going to get a GM interview here on Friday. Maybe they could bring him in and say, hey, Lewis, you're, you're going to learn under the uh, learning tree of Ozzie Newsom for a couple years, kind of be the assistant to the GM. And then when he rides off in the sunset, you come in. Um, put those two guys together that are just no-nonsense football guys. Put Eric Bieniemy as the head coach. I mean, um, offense, you know, tough guy as well. And then, I mean, this was a pipe dream, but if you're bringing Ozzy over from the Ravens, could you get Wink Martindale to run my defense, please, with the big gold chain, just a big old nasty football coach that has always had good defenses? Could you bring him along, too? I mean, that that would really get our organization and our defense off to a really nice start if you brought in those uh, those four guys right there. So I know those are kind of pipe dreams, but those are just things I'm, I'm throwing out there to see if it sticks and, and just some names that I I like in regards to the GM, the head coach, OCDC, stuff like that. Let's finish this show out with a little draft talk. My favorite thing, the NFL draft. You, you know what it is. I mean, we, we, we got we to gotta play the sound bite. I mean, we might as well, might as well get it in here since I'm going to make the pick. I mean, you, you got to make the pick, right? But, but, but we can't take NFL draft without the music. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. That NFL mock draft music. We got to have that. Let me pull that down a little bit so you guys can hear what I'm saying here. We'll put that in the background. Let's talk NFL draft right now because to me, when I'm looking at the Detroit Lions, I'm looking at some main positions of need. That's defensive end. Get after the quarterback. I need a linebacker in the middle of my defense that can be the captain, that can run and hit, tackle, and be a guy that's accountable. I need some guys on the outside, some wide receivers that can run, catch, and and make some explosive plays for my team. I might need myself a quarterback. If I'm moving on from Matt Stafford and doing a clean sweep, I might need a quarterback. I also am not turning my eye to corners. I know we got Okuda, we got AO, but I would add another corner as well at the right value because you've got to be able to cover people in the NFL. And, and those are the main positions that, that I would look for off the top. Sure, the Lions need help in other areas, but those are my main spots. And let's get some names for you. Top defensive end on my list. 
Gregory Rousseau, defensive end, Miami. I think he would be great. I know Benny Blades would love that. I mean, we could play the drop another time, but uh, Rousseau would be good. Micah Parsons from Penn State. He's the top linebacker on the board. You take him up in the top 10. I'm not sure where the, if that's value or not, but he's a great football player. Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. <laughs> I think Jamar Chase is a beast. I would consider him if the Lions are right there between 10, 12. If he's the top player on the board, you've got to think about it. Zach Wilson from BYU. <laughs> Quarterback. I love this guy's swag. I love the throws he makes. I feel like he's a football nut. He loves the game. I love him. Uh, you got Devont Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. You know he can play. You got Wade from Ohio State and Sertan. Those are two corners you might like. Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota. He can make some plays. Go watch his highlights. You got Farley, the cornerback that set out this year. You got Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. And you got Rondale Moore, the speedster from Purdue. These are all top prospects that have top traits at positions of need that I'm looking for. My music's about to run out, but I ran through those as best I could. And I am fired up for the Lions to get their head coach, their GM. Um, Chris Spielman's in the building. This draft is going to be huge. What do they do at quarterback? I cannot wait to see what the Detroit Lions do come draft time. Nailed it. Nailed it with the music. Uh, everybody, this shorter show, all me, solo, couple bullet points, just rambling on here, talking Detroit Lions. So everybody, like I said, we just ran into a little scheduling deal. Uh, Benny will be back, um, get his thoughts. We'll laugh, we'll argue, we'll have fun as we always do on the show. I speak for Benny when I just say thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate all the support we get. The show continues to grow, continues to be fun. Me and Benny Blades get to know each other better and better every week. We have a lot of fun um, talking football once a week here on the Believe Podcasting Network. We appreciate Believe for giving us the opportunity to do so. And, uh, yeah, just hit that subscribe button, share this with a friend. I mean, who knows how these last few games will work out for the Lions, but it's going to be exciting to see the new group that they bring, the new draft picks, the new way this organization goes. You got to get fired up about that. You got to believe. B L E A V and the Lions. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I can get respect from these guys, I'm a darn well get respect, and I'm going to demand the respect from anyone else. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.